3: You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. Now, people sometimes say that one of the best ways to learn English is to learn how to do something else in English. Like, for example, to learn flower arranging in English or to learn how to do some kind of new sport in English... So uh, in this episode I'm going to teach you how to play the drums and I'm going to teach you about uh, playing the drums in general. Now this is quite an ambitious um, podcast I think because I've never done this before. I've never really taught anyone to play the drums. Um, Now I've been playing drums um, since I was about 13 years old so that's about 22 years now. Because um, when I was young i was I was very lucky because um, my parents decided to buy me and my brother a drum kit for Christmas one year when I was thirteen and my brother was fifteen now uh, we were quite lucky because uh, we had a house kind of in the countryside and we had a garage uh, where you 'd normally keep a car we had a garage that was separate from the house and um, we didn 't use it to keep cars instead we kind of Um, ...made it more like a a little living room in the garden... ...so you kind of... um, ...you had like nice insulated walls... ...carpets, some sofas... ...and uh, a drum kit in the corner... ...right... ...and uh, like other houses in the area were quite far away... ...so we didn't disturb them... ...if we made a lot of noise... Um, ...and that's you know... ...it's like one of the advantages of being in the countryside really... ...so we got this drum kit for Christmas... ...now my dad used to play the drums... ...when he was a student... So I think you know part of the reason was because he wanted to give us a chance to play drums as well. So for us, really, it was like the it was just the best present ever. And I still think actually, even now, that that's the still the best present that they ever gave me or my brother was this drum kit. And it was kind of a fairly basic, kind of quite cheap, secondhand uh, black drum kit. It it looked really cool, I thought. Um, So. I I had already sort of started learning the piano. I started when I was about 11 years old to learn the piano because I decided I wanted to play. And um, I did quite well and I was quite good at piano. And people used to say that I was kind of, um, that I was quite good at music and stuff. So um, I was already quite musical. Um, But my brother really was the one who started to play the drums first because... um, He was like 15 years old, and at that time, he was getting into kind of punk music and stuff like that. So the drum kit was like really. A chance for him to just really get into playing that kind of punk rock stuff um then like later on i bought an electric bass guitar and i sort of started to play bass and we used to play together sometimes i would play bass and he would play drums and then finally i kind of got into the drums because i started to play them as well and i i eventually i would play drums every day for about an hour or more and basically my dad taught me the basics but after that i just taught myself um and what I used to do was, um, I'd try to copy all my favorite drummers. So I'd kind of listen to uh, all my favorite bits of music and I'd try and copy the things that those drummers were doing. In particular, I would try and copy Mitch Mitchell, who used to play with Jimi Hendrix. And I used to love his style because he had like an amazing talent. It was something like jazz and rock um, together. He was one of the first people to do fusion, which is like a combination of different styles. Um, so he would combine a kind of jazz style with a rock style which perfectly complemented the kind of loose way that Jimi hendrix would play the guitar and he used to just come out with these incredible beats and amazing drum rolls that had just an incredible sort of um rounded rhythm to them and they were brilliant the other drummer that i used to love was Stuart copeland who um used to play with the police um sting and andy summers Stuart copeland they were the police um and again, and just another incredibly sort of talented drummer. It seemed that um, he just had really natural timing and a real sense of which part of the song to uh, accentuate and so on. Just incredible talent. And other people as well, like actually Ringo... Uh, I know a lot of people said he wasn't a very good drummer but I thought he was quite good he had a really nice sort of feel a good swing um, and I used to listen to the Beatles a lot so I would often try and copy Ringo's drumming particularly from the kind of later period of the Beatles um, yeah people don't people are sort of a bit mixed about Ringo some people think he's the best drummer in the world some people think he's the worst drummer in the world I think it was John Lennon uh, once who said when when someone said to John Lennon do you think Ringo is the best drummer in the world and John said he's not even he's not the best drummer in the world he's not even the best drummer in the Beatles which was quite funny because actually Paul McCartney was also quite a good drummer um, other people like um, the drummer from Led Zeppelin uh, John Bonham uh, and drummers that used to play jazz and funk with Herbie Hancock, that kind of thing. Um, and I played in lots and lots of bands over the years. Uh, I think it's about 15 different bands that I've played in. Um, many times tried to get famous, didn't get famous. I, I used to play in a band in Liverpool. We used to perform regularly in Liverpool. Um, and another, I played in bands in Japan as well. That was amazing. When I went to Japan, I never realized that I would sort of join a band. And I, I was in a band in Japan that had a CD in the shops Um, in hmv you could buy our cd Um, and um, so yeah really love playing the drums and i've basically taught myself how to do it and i've never really tried to teach someone else how to play the drums either and i think this might be a little bit difficult maybe a bit ambitious considering i don't actually have a drum kit here which i can demonstrate to you Uh, and you don't have a drum kit with you so you can try these things out and you can't actually see me so you can't really see what I'm doing but I still think I can teach you how to play the drums uh, in this episode so you know slightly ambitious but I think we can do it now talking about music um, I suppose you could say there are like three elements of music you've got rhythm Melody and harmony, right? There may be other elements too, but I think basically those are the main three: rhythm, melody, and harmony. Now, rhythm, of course, is like the time. Let's say, for example, when you like when you play, Um, and usually, sort of, there's some kind of rhythmic pattern. Um, Certainly, in kind of popular music, like rock music, for example, music tends to come in kind of beats of four. Uh, four beats in the bar kind of thing but other forms of music might have more beats in the bar and also the when you play notes on the guitar or the piano they have to be played at a certain time in the time s- uh, sequence so that's rhythm and it's really the first thing and then after that you have melody which is actually the sort of the notes whether they go up or down Uh, the pattern that they make going up and down and then harmony that's where you have several notes playing together for example a chord or something along those lines so rhythm melody and harmony but really rhythm is the first one it's like the basis it's the foundation really of music it's the first element and also if you think about it uh, you know we're kind of surrounded by rhythm all the time in our lives because it's first of all it's your heartbeat So rhythm is kind of built into us already with our heartbeat. Um, And the cycle of the days and nights, uh, the years, you know, all those different cycles and routines, even doing things like walking um, or doing other tasks that are quite repetitive. Uh, The noises things might make around you, they can be quite satisfying sequences of sounds. For example, the sound of a car door opening or closing or a train coming in on the tracks or maybe a horse riding and if you can imagine the sound of the hooves on the ground the sound of a horse riding that's quite a rhythmic thing also of course with african music um, the first instrument really was a drum the first instrument that we ever had was a drum and they were used like big drums were used to communicate over long distances so in a sense like the first communicative um, music really was rhythm um, and also English, the English language has a rhythm in its sentences. And in fact, all languages have their own rhythms. Um, you know, when I lived in Japan, I used to love listening to the sort of rhythm of a Japanese sentence. Um, but certainly English has got its own rhythm too, depending on the, the pauses that you make, the way that the sentence kind of stresses different words in the sentence, that sort of thing. All of that creates a kind of pleasing rhythm uh, of the language and in fact a sentence can be a bit like a drum beat um, it sort of um, kind of accentuates different parts of the the rhythm or something like that um, so that kind of brings us to the main question here which is how do you actually play the drums how do you do it um, <clears throat> now for me it's just like a selection of objects which you hit in a certain order in order to make kind of beats okay that's kind of how I approach uh, approach it and you punctuate your beats with drum rolls okay Um, so I play a kind of rock or jazz kind of style basically mainly rock Um, and like I said before music most sort of rock music has a time signature um, usually four four so that's four beats in a bar so you'd get something like one two three four one two three four okay so that was two bars with four beats in each bar okay so that's very standard um, sort of time signature in rock music and that as a drummer is what you would count in your head when you play and in fact you place different hits of different parts of the drum kit on those different numbers uh, to create beats okay and then you just repeat them uh, to create a kind of rhythm um, now that's the you're basically one two three four that's your kind of basic rhythm but they're also kind of sub rhythms in there too so you can actually have eight beats in a bar so you get kind of one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four so that actually creates eight beats um, and that's very common as well now I'm going to come back to those beats in a moment um, so let me just tell you about the drum kit Um, so as you probably know a drum kit is like a series of different drums and cymbals and you sit on a stool in front of the drum kit and you're going to sit there and you play uh, different drums and cymbals with sticks so you hold these two wooden sticks in your hands there are other things you can use but usually it's sticks and your feet go on these two pedals Um, so let's start then on the floor in front of you, you have the big drum which sits on the floor, and that's the bass drum, and it makes a deep bass sound, so it's that kind of, kind of sound, right, Um, and then attached to that, on the top of the bass drum, um, you would have um, tom-toms, so these are like smaller drums, which make a kind of, um, they sort of make a kind of, kind of sound so they'll be tuned so that one is higher than the other so you get like a kind of sound and then you get a third one which actually sits on the floor on your right and that's the deepest one so it's like right Um, and you use those in drum rolls right now uh, one of the most important drums is right in front of you sitting in front of you just between your knees and that's the snare drum and that's really important Uh, because you play it a lot Um, and it's it's got a high pitched sound and it has a kind of metal coiled wire which sits on the skin underneath that drum so it's like a series of tight metal coils of wire and they lie underneath the the drum uh, pressing against the skin And what happens is when you hit the drum, it causes these little wires to vibrate very quickly. And it makes this kind of um, distinctive sharp sound. So I can't really do it with my mouth. I can try. I'm not very good at beatboxing. But it makes a kind of kind of sound, right? Um, So you've got your bass drum, which you play with a foot pedal on the ground. And then you've got snare. You know, that kind of thing. And then your toms. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. <clears throat> now, cymbals. Um, cymbals, of course, are those big metal... They look like big metal plates, and they make a very big sound when you hit them. Um, now, on your left, um, you would have a pair of cymbals um, which are attached to a pedal. And you've got your left foot on that pedal. And those two cymbals together with the pedal, that's called the hi-hat. Hi-hat. And it's two cymbals, one sitting sort of um upside down and the other one um on top of it and so the the one on top is attached to a metal pole which goes down to the pedal and you attach the symbol to that pole and you can press the pedal down and the symbol comes down onto the other symbol so the the two symbols go together and it makes a kind of like a kind of sound like a that's it as you bring the cymbals together Um, and um, what you can do then is you press your left foot down and it holds those two cymbals together tightly and you hit it with the sticks and it makes a kind of sound and you can lift your foot off the pedal and lift the cymbals apart and when you hit hit the hi hats then it makes a bigger sound so you often hear that hear that in sort of heavy rock sound OK, and then you combine that um, You combine that with all the different drums. So you hit the, the hi-hat like that with your right hand. So your right hand goes across and it hits the hi-hat. And your left hand goes on the snare and your right foot goes on the bass drum pedal and your left foot goes on the hi-hat pedal. And when you play them together, you can get a beat. So you can kind of go... right now i'm not the greatest beatboxer in the world but i think you get the idea there now um, also we have other symbols around the kit usually you have two crash symbols and when you hit those it makes a loud crash sound and you can use that to emphasize beat so you know a crash symbol and then on the right you have a bigger heavier ride cymbal and you play that with your right hand instead of the hi-hat so that makes a ting 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 kind of sound so you can kind of go ting ting ish, ting ting ish, you know that kind of thing um so if we go back to the counting thing again if you remember we have basically four beats with four sub beats as well so you've got like one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four so with the hi-hat, with your right hand, with the hi-hat closed with your left foot, you you um, hit one and two and three and four. So all eight. So you do... Okay, so that's one and two and three and four and... Okay, now um, with the bass drum, you hit that on one and three. Okay, so... <coughs> Okay. Sounds pretty stupid, probably, but two, <coughs> four. <laughs> two. It's a weird podcast, this one. Um, okay, so that's your bass drum. And then the snare goes on two and four. So you get like a. Okay, um, so that's, um, that's basically it. And all of that together becomes. Okay? and that's a basic kind of rock rhythm essentially and you can do other things like you can um, put uh, the bass make the bass drum go on one and three and so you do three and so um, and that's like probably the most common beat that you find in rock music thats maybe with the hi-hat open. Um, And you find that in lots and lots of records. In fact, I think I might play you an example of one now. This is a very brief snippet of um, the opening couple of bars of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. And you can hear Ringo doing that kind of kind of classic rock beat. So have a listen to that. sounds pretty good doesn't it i can't really play you anymore because of uh, copyright reason i don't want to kind of just play the whole song it's not really fair um but uh yeah if you just keep listening to music i'm sure you'll notice those sorts of things too now of course there are lots of other different sort of ways of playing the the drums lots of different musical styles that you can do for example like something like like funk music kind of uh american funk played by people like james brown stevie wonder uh that kind of thing um that that sort of has a really syncopated rhythm so you know the things like the sub beats like ands. you know one and two and three and four and the little and ones you can get more than just those eight you can get like 16 or all sorts of little sub beats and if you put a swing into it too, you can get lots of different types of beats um let me see if i can find a classic beat to play there now James Brown which is like just some of the most amazing music that's ever been made I think uh you know it's hard to do better than that I think that uh, some of those James Brown records from the 60s are just some of the best pieces of music that's that we're ever going to hear it's just incredible I'm going to try and find something else for you because I'm just enjoying this now Okay, that was Mitch Mitchell and Jimi Hendrix. Mitch Mitchell, of course, the drummer. Jimi Hendrix, the guitarist and the singer. Noel Redding on bass, of course. And uh, I, I'm not stopped yet, I haven't finished yet. In fact, there's more to come. We're going to play one or two more pieces of music. We're going to talk a little bit more about some other different musical styles. And then after that, I'm going to play you various bits of audio, which I think you're going to enjoy very much. And you're going to hear some famous drummers, some fantastic famous drummers, talking about playing the drums and actually playing the drums to you and explaining what they're doing as they're doing. It's fantastic. And you're also going to get a little tutorial video from another famous drummer who used to play in a band called the buzzcocks a fantastic punk band from manchester in england so listen up keep listening because you're going to get more and more uh, interesting uh, bits of audio to listen to so you can just sort of enjoy that can't you of course you can let's see i'm going to find you one more groovy piece of music that you can enjoy just check out the drumming on this it's amazing amazing drumming Wow, <clears throat> that's uh, Mike Clark, who uh, used to play with people like Herbie Hancock in the seventies, like an f- amazing uh, fusion jazz drummer. Uh, Right. Okay. next up, you're going to get a little drum tutorial from a drummer called Bernard Purdy. Now, he's one of the most recorded drummers of all time because he was a session musician in America in the 60s and 70s. And he played on loads and loads of old soul and funk records in the 70s. He played with Aretha Franklin and James Brown and lots of other people. So you will have definitely heard him before. His name's Bernard Purdy. And in this video, and this is one of my favorite videos on YouTube, I absolutely love this video because he talks you through how he um, sort of came up with a new beat, uh, which was his trademark beat. And it involved lots of little extra notes, like sub notes. Remember those and notes, like one and two and three and four, those sub notes, lots of tiny little sub notes, which he called his ghost notes. Uh, And this is the story of how Bernard Purdy managed to come up with his ghost notes. Well, yes. Ghost notes.
1: I know everybody is wondering when I was going to talk about my ghost notes. Well, I'm going to do it right now. First of all, I'd like you to know where and how they, they came from. Okay? Well, it happened... Because, as I was practicing all the time at home, I used to sit at the drums and do things with my hands. And I just had a feeling I was always rocking, always grooving. So, as time went on, I started doing things like I was playing timbales, or bongos. And this is how I started. And I started to like the sound. As you can see, nothing is ever precise. It's all about allowing your fingers to do the walking. But I had to do that with sticks. I says, oh, how do I do that with sticks? Boom, da, boom, boom, da, Okay, let me say But I'm not hung. Let's say All right. Oh, that works. All right. Okay. And from there, I had this. Wait a minute. well, what can I do? Symbols. Well, I see hi hat. Whoa, yes. Well the sound was similar with the hi-hat instead of the big symbols. And it seemed to work, especially with my fingers playing the backbeat on cross stick. All right. Oh, oh. then I discovered I got some air in my hi-hat. I kind of like that sound. Whoa! The first time that that happened to me, it was an accident. 16th notes. Ooh, I like that. So I started to do a lot more. Now I started to add the back beat. But I still have to remember that the stick had to just do, do the rebound. Oh, yes. Whoa. I like it, very. And that's how my ghost notes came about and my hi-hat my psh, psh, yeah
3: okay that was bernard purdy's uh, ghost notes and i actually love that video i think he's fantastic and i love the way that he plays the drums now um what's next i think i'm going to play you an uh, interview with stuart copeland Stuart Copeland was the drummer with the police, as I said before. And in this interview, Jules Holland, a British interviewer, goes to meet him and he's sitting at his drum kit and he talks about uh, the drum kit and he talks about his influences. And you can hear him playing. It's all very loud and noisy, but he's an amazing drummer and it's very interesting the things he says uh, about drums, particularly about reggae. Actually, in fact, I forgot to tell you about reggae. Uh, he talks about it in the video, but basically, as, as you know, like in most rock beats you get one two three four and the bass goes on one and the snare goes on um one two right so bass on one snare on two bass on three snare on four (coughs) 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 right so one two one two but in reggae for some reason they did it all differently and both the bass and the snare go on the number three so you get this one two three four one two three four one. that kind of sound so a totally different arrangement and Stuart Copeland talks about that in this video and also some other things so listen to this please and enjoy it
2: Like that? That's
4: great. Yes, I'd, I'd like to talk to you actually, especially about your drum kit because it's one of the most unusual drum kits. Love of the seen. and also the effects that you've got over there. I mean, there's a lot of it. Well, first of all, tell us about these tom-toms up here. I
2: well, mean, these are octobands. Yeah. They're really long. Perhaps you'll recognize the famous theme from Grieg.
4: Yes, that sort of thing, yeah. Now, if, you, if we could just look at this over here, because this is the thing that fascinates me. On stage, you use all this, and while you're recording, I will
2: use it all. Well, I don't use it when I'm recording, because I don't really have to. These gadgets here, they have better ones actually in the studio. Mm-hmm. These are for going on the road. So and what is, what is this, then? This is a time delay unit. And what does that do? It's an echo. It's a repeat echo. Sorry, I forgot that was still going. See that echo? Let's see, let's have something familiar. Uh, the beginning of the beginning of Regatta de Blanc has got some echo on it. I'll play that.
4: Sort of thing. Astonishing, isn't it? And what <laughs> I mean, amazing. What about these blocks here? These are just wood blocks.
2: They've been around for a long time. They're just wood blocks. And how about this here, this clap, what clap this trap? The clap trap is fake clapping. It uh, doesn't really work very well. This one's a bit faulty, but I'll see if it's working. You See, it's, there's a microphone on the drum, and yeah. the microphone picks up the sound and triggers this device here, which actually sounds like this, or longer. But as I told you, it's broken.
3: Uh-huh. And it uh, just makes
2: the snare drum sound bigger for the fat backbeat, you know, when you're cruising along and you're playing. And sometimes you just want the backbeat to overtake everything.
3: Everything. That's actually where the uh, recording cuts off. But it continues in a moment um, because he starts talking about the process of recording um, music uh, as a drummer.
2: What do you think of drummers, Shane? They're great. I use them all the time myself for writing songs and just for playing with because they make great sounds. But the feel that you get from three pieces working together and everything is very different. Sometimes we do record a track with the drum box and I'll overdub the drums on top of them rather than the other way around. The drummer is the person in the studio who has to work the hardest at first because you have to get it right. When you're doing the drum when you're doing a track, bass, guitar, drums, you play the song. You, we work the song out for about half an hour, mm-hmm. and then we immediately turn the tape on and play it. None of us have heard it before half an hour ago, but we start playing it. And usually we get it within two or three takes. But the drums are what we're stuck with for the I'm stuck with for the rest of my life. The guitars and the bass you can overdo and everything. Yeah. You redo those, you can get a better sound, you can make sure the tuning's right, even if you want to change the key of the song occasionally sting will get to sing the song and you think, wait a minute it's all in the wrong key so they keep the drum track and erase all the guitars all the everything and start from scratch again on top yeah. of the drums what it means is that you have to get it right on those first few days of recording all the pressures on because you're just stuck with it for a long time after yeah. that i mean obviously you like melodies but are there well some? i'm struck by melodies and i really like melodies in fact i'm a frustrated guitar player so i wish i could play guitar in fact i do play lots of guitar uh, and piano and all these things but the thing that comes most easily is drums and it's also very uh fun to play, I suppose. Drums are really easy to play. I don't know if it's just because I find it that way, but they really are. They're a joke. Anyone can do this.
4: Why is your drumming different from another
2: drummer? Longer arms. I play with my feet. Um... I suppose it's because I've stolen all my licks from different sources. You see, all the licks, they all get passed back and forth, most of them. Mm -hmm. And um, the trick is to find new ones and turn them around a little bit, camouflage them a little bit, and express yourself with the same sticks and the same symbols and the same configuration of things to bash with new ways of doing it. And uh, my source of licks has been South America and, um, of course, the West Indies. And those are a really big difference.
4: Because a lot of people say that, that it's very it's white man's reggae or very well, reggae I mean, influenced. I mean, do you think that? Let's
2: examine this word reggae. Let's. Um, the main rock and roll stuff, which everything's based on, even since the jazz days, since they're going, and then they went, you know, and then uh, got funky. And all that stuff, the backbeat. Are, it's always a backbeat, which goes on... That one, two. That's one. right, one, two, three, four. And that backbeat, which is on all the Beatles records, on all the Rolling Stones records, on Motown all Beatles. the yeah, all the Motown records, all the jazz records, all the way up through the Billy Cobham records. And then they've all got a backbeat. On two and four. On two and four. And if you count that, two and four means one, two, three, four, one... Now, reggae turns the whole rhythm upside down. This drum set is designed by jazz drummers and stuff like that. It's been evolved that way to, to work that format. But over in Jamaica, they got it wrong or something. I don't know how they ended up. They turned the whole thing upside down and have invented something really different. And it's the most different thing that's been invented since the drum set was invented, since the backbeat itself, which is the basis for all of the kind of music that everybody in America and England has been listening to. And the difference is is that it lands, they use the bass drum in a different place. It goes. So now what beat is the bass drum going? Three. It's one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. And the bass drum and the snare drum both land in the same place. I have no idea how it's ever was arrived at. It's brilliant. It's an absolute, it's a paradigm for the cosmos.
3: Okay, so they've got uh, Stuart Copeland comparing reggae music to being a paradigm for the cosmos. But don't worry, I don't understand what he's talking about either. Uh, now, the next video I'm going to play, or the next audio track I'm going to play, is another one of my favourite videos. And this is Ginger Baker from the band Cream. Now, Cream was the band uh, that Eric Clapton used to play in, and they're like one of the sort of greatest of uh, rock, blues rock bands uh, of all time. Um, And they were kind of a super group, and uh, Ginger Baker was already like uh, established as a brilliant drummer, and certainly one of the best drummers of that time. And this is kind of the late 1960s. So I think this is 1969. And I love the fact that in this video, I'm pretty sure that Ginger Baker is quite stoned in the video because just from the way that he's talking, he certainly seems to be a little bit stoned or something. And it it probably, he probably was because this is, this was the 60s London, um, 1969 in London. So I'm sure he was probably smoking something. Um, anyway um, do enjoy this because uh, he talks again about his approach to drumming and it's quite uh, funny just listening to the way that he talks so uh, enjoy this one as well
5: The evening must be particularly saddening for the drummer, Ginger Baker, since it was he, as Jack Bruce said earlier, who persuaded the other two to combine their differing talents in a trio whose virtuosity has staggered the musical world. It was also Ginger Baker who enabled the other two to develop their free-form playing. His playing is fragmentary, but insistent, devious but relentless, meandering but precise. To Jack Bruce's counterpoint, he gives rhythm, and to Eric Clapton's technical virtuosity, he gives shape. On their first tour together, he practiced so intensively that he left behind him a trail of hotel bills for broken furniture. We asked him if he still practiced as much. No, it's not. I don't practice at all. Not at all? I used to, but I don't anymore. In the distant days when you used to practice, what kinds of things did you do? I just used to... Um, well, first of, all, first of all, I learned all the rudiments and things. I don't know whether I can play them all now, but um, then I just used to play solos. I used to just sit on the drum kit and play it all day. Okay, if you were going to teach me drumming, what kind of rudiments would I have to learn? Presumably they're the same basic rhythms from which you improvise all your drumming. Uh, can you show us some? Well, I use quite a lot of them. Flam triplets, that sort of thing. You want me to play them? Please. Uh, at this time of day. <laughs> and a variation of that would presumably depend on which drums you played it on. Because that, you know, if you're playing them on tom-toms, you get two sounds out of it. Sort of Things like that sort of out of a flam triplet. Yes, sound as well as rhythm. So it starts off on a rhythm. Usually, I just forget all about them. Show me another rhythmic pattern whose tone you can also vary by using different drums. Uh, four-stroke rough which is that? Uh, yeah, but you're playing them one round the drum. You get. Getting... I think it's my left foot. You know, I keep time that. You mean hitting the bass drum? Play, sort of, like, if you're using two bass drums, if you play a time with one, you can fill in with the other one and it makes a pattern, the two of them together. Can you show us? Uh, yeah. It's very odd, you know, I mean, it's uh, you're just sitting here doing it. Presumably, you can also make endless rhythmic patterns just with your feet. Uh, a foot one? Yeah, well. Are you in time? One remarkable things about your playing is the way you manage to get a kind of dialogue going between your feet and your hands. Not only are your feet each playing different rhythms, but so are your hands. And that, of course, doesn't account for symbols It's like a one-man orchestra. Yeah, you can get good things right on a cymbal. Can you give us an example of this kind of instrumental conversation? You You're just changing things, change the time of it by what you play on it with your left hand. You've got nine different kinds of symbols. Can you tell us what each is for? Yeah. Um, this, uh, these these two, in fact, these three are all ride cymbals, all for playing on, and just different sounds. I, mean. I use that one for quieter things, this one, you know. That's, just, that's a quieter symbol, and this one. I use um, this one most of the time as a ride cymbal, you know. I use these two together to get a, a roll on them, and and these and that one there, so you get a, a big roll on them while they The end of numbers. You can use that if you want to get a roll-on symbols, those two, you know. Uh, that's a crash symbol. Very three light symbols. And that. It's like uh, those three are crashes.
3: And these three are final And that's of course. Okay, I think this is definitely the noisiest uh, podcast I've ever made. Uh, I know that some people, when they listen to Luke's English podcast, they actually go to sleep. They kind of uh, put it on when they go to sleep. But I, I'm sure you've got no chance of getting to sleep if you're listening to this in bed. Uh, but I uh, still hope you're enjoying it. I've got no idea, of course, if you are enjoying it. But uh, I, th- actually, um, recording this, I'm thinking, this is, the, this is one of the episodes of Luke's English podcast that I would actually quite enjoy listening to myself because I'd just love to listen to all of these different interviews and different bits of drumming, um, one after the other. I just love it so much. Um, OK, so now I'm going to teach you... Well, I'm not going to teach you anything, I'm just going to play you um, um, a recording where you can really learn the basics of how to play the drums again. And this is from a professional drummer who uh, plays the drums in a really, really big rock band called the Buzzcocks, who were huge in the 70s from Manchester, one of the original punk bands... And in this video, he he teaches you exactly how to just play a sort of really simple, basic rhythm in a very, very clear way.
0: In this lesson, I'll show you the most fundamental beat of all. It's a really simple beat made of two easy steps. First, I'll break the beat down into easy-to-understand stages, followed by putting it all back together. Finally, I'll show you how it sounds up to speed. These are the drums you'll need. The bass drum, or kick. The snare drum, or snare. And the hi-hats, or hats. In order to keep time and play together, musicians feel the pulse in the music. Count out loud. One, two... One, two, one, two, one, two. pats keep counting strike on 1 and 2 one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. kick on beat 1 One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. now the snare on beat 2 One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. You might want to go away and practice that. When you've got it down, we'll move on to hitting two things at the same time. First, kicking hats together on one, count two out loud. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Now, count beat one out loud, strike snare and hats together on two. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Now, alternate steps one and two. Keep counting. I've got a simple two-step rock and roll beat in half-time. I'll now double the count and play the beat twice as fast. I hope you can see that by starting slowly and breaking the beat into smaller parts, It's easy to play. In future lessons, I'll do the same with lots more beats. Before you go, I'll demonstrate the beat up to speed one last time and throw in some extras.
3: okay so that's been the how to play the drums podcast and uh, i'm sure that you can all now just go out there and become amazing drummers and sort of uh, earn millions and millions of pounds and dollars as rock stars all because of luke's english podcast you learn how to rock like a proper rock star well at least you learn how to play a kind of rudimentary drum beat But you can try at home if you want to. If you don't have a drum kit, you can try it by tapping your right hand, tapping your right foot, and tapping your left hand. And if you do a kind of one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four with your right hand. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Okay? Do that with your right hand. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. And then um, with your left hand, when it when it gets to two and four. You hit your left hand, so 1... No, that's not right. No, what am I talking about? No, it's 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 with your right hand. 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 with your right hand and 2 and 4 with your left hand. So you get 1 and 2 and 3 and 4 and 1 and 2 and 3 and 4. Okay? now you need to introduce your right foot and that goes on one and three okay so one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four like that and that is pretty much the basic rhythm for most songs so what you should do if you're not musical i expect some of you are really musical you already do this But if you're not musical, listen to songs and try and pick out where's the one, two, three, four and try and notice the different parts of the drum kit which are doing that. And if you can start to tune into drums, you know, on on records like sort of classic uh, Rolling Stones or Jimi Hendrix or Led Zeppelin, if you start listening to the drums, you'll really start to appreciate how amazing uh, some of these drummers are and the incredible things they can do. So that's it from this episode of Luke's English Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned a few things about music and about playing the drums. I hope I've inspired you to go out there and learn to play the drums yourselves and have a bit of fun with it. That's it. Thanks very much for listening. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.podomatic.com.